Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that He does. I am here with my beautiful co-hosts, Ben Burnett and Dina Burnett. We so pretty. And I am the other co-host, Hunter Deal. Dina, you was not with us last episode. Tell us where you was at, you traitor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't a traitor per se. I was with my sister-in-law and my two little nephews, and we went to Kings Island. It's kind of a... Um, we were talking about it one day uh, last year about how we didn't really necessarily have a ton of like little fun traditions with the boys. And so I was talking to Stacy and I was like, Hey, why don't we like go somewhere like Kings Island or something? And we had such a good time last year and the boys were asking us all year, are we going to get to go to Kings Island again? Are we going to get to go to Kings Island again? And we did. And they had such a good time and I did too. Well, today we'll be discussing living that Christian life part three, right? No, is it part four? What? What? Which one are we on? I don't even, I think it's part 3B. Oh, is it part 3B? I think so. So, yeah, we can't remember. We do so we many We need episodes. to make a poster of all the different episodes <laughs> so we can remember episode four, part one, two, three, four, X, Y, Z or something. Yes. So, but this is the second um, episode. This is part two of this uh, discussion on the local church. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Ben and I ranted <laughs> so much. Yes. We don't apologize. No, we don't. Not at all. I'm not sorry for anything I said. Um, this is one of my habits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. You ought to be with him more often than just the podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Um, I heard something very interesting today. Was it about cough drops? No, it was about Star Wars. Ah. And Dina has to share this because mm. my mind's kind of blown still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, in Star Wars, when Luke finds out that he is actually Vader's son, um, and Vader tells him so, um, George Lucas didn't tell anybody. Like, they had like a separate, I, I think from my understanding of watching the little documentary thing he um i think it was only like two or three writers and george lucas knew about it and then five minutes before they record the scene because george lucas really wanted this authentic face on luke um when he found out that he was his son because i think they had a completely different theory about whose kid luke actually was um and so they told uh mark hamill right before, like five minutes before the scene. And so like, he's still like torn about this, like himself. He said, he was like, Oh my gosh, like what? Like, and so everybody had to keep that super hush hush, you know, until it was actually played in theaters. And that was like the huge, like, Oh my gosh of the time. So yeah, they said people screamed in theaters. No, along with Luke. And yeah. And because star Wars was really like the beginning of that whole sci-fi um, aspect in movies because they didn't even know if the first one like they were thinking it might even be a standalone. Yeah, they because, thought it'd be a flop. They yeah, didn't think it's like that it would be as successful as it was. Well, last week in Hunter's random question, I asked the the question: If you had all day to do nothing but watch a series of movies, what would you watch? And it was from Ben. It was Star Wars, and that got oh, yeah. the conversation started um, about a fun fact that most of us probably didn't know about Star Wars, and my mind was blown. Yep. But I want to dive in to the parts that we did not have time to talk about last week. 
Um, so we got to discuss a lot about what the local church is and the differences between now and 2,000 years ago. And today we're just going to really talk about what we look in um, or what we look at if we're going to join a church. We're going to talk about online campuses a little yeah. bit. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about something else. So that's, we, we, we like to talk. Yeah, today's more the practical application. You know, last time we ranted, like we said. So this time we kind of want to be a little more positive, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, tell me, either one of you, how has the virtual church affected the gathering of the local body uh, today? Mm. Yeah, that's a big one because, you know, like we talked about last time with the whole COVID situation, you know, we were forced to go online for a while, or at least that's kind of what it seemed like. Um, and so virtual church became the thing almost overnight. Everybody, everybody that I knew was buying, um, you know, live stream equipment. You know, these, these churches that had never done it before, buying cameras, they're doing, you know, stuff on their phones, they're doing all kinds of things. And so it really forced people to kind of step out of their box and, and do something different. Um, but at the same time, you know, what we see was, we see, or we saw rather, all these people leave the church body and we still haven't seen them come back in the door since. Now, if, if you were one of those people that left and you're still afraid of COVID, I totally understand. Yet at the same time, I, I would urge you, if at all possible, you know, wear the mask, get the vaccine, whatever, but come back to the local body if you can. Because that's what we see. We miss all of these people that left beforehand and have never come back. Well, we, we were missing that big sense of community. And mm-hmm. everybody was doing whatever they could to try to get some sense of community and normalcy you know because everything that we knew i mean i remember when our school shut down and i was like no we are not going to be out we thought we would be out for like two days yeah and so we were all kind of just you know talking about it and then we found out that we were going to be out for two weeks we had never been out for like two weeks before ever yeah and so it was one of those things that we all just it was like we were living in some sort of weird dystopian novel Mm mm-hmm yeah, I remember talking about it right before schools <clears throat> really kind of dismissed. And we were all like, we were kind of almost, I don't want to say we were laughing about it, but kind of. We were like, man, I hope we're out for like a whole week. That'd be so cool. And then all of a sudden a week went by, two weeks went by, and we're like, wow, like this thing is, this is a lot different than we thought it was going to be. And, and I, so, go ahead. I think like schools were doing churches were trying to reach out to everybody as much as they possibly could but still we were living in this unknown time of we didn't know really what covid was or what it could do and you know people were getting sick and unfortunately dying you know so we wanted to protect people but at the same time we need we wanted to give them what they needed as well yeah so the problem with all that was is that people ran to online and like you said, they never did come back to, and this is two years out of, of the pandemic. Yeah. I would like to see hard numbers on it, but just guesstimating at this point, I bet it's 30 to 40%, which is a lot. Well, I mean, there's people in our church who haven't come back and I wish they would come back. The yeah. church is not the same without members coming back. Yeah. I mean, and I'm grateful that we have the technology um, for them to stay online, <clears throat> but that kind of moves us into the next point because I don't want to harp on COVID anymore because um, <laughs> I, I did that enough last week. <laughs> Uh, do you think that we should have an online campus? <clears throat> now, that is online campus is different than an online like live stream on Facebook. Yeah, define that for us. So, an online campus is a 
Church, you are streaming this online to, um, like you calling this the online church, that it is literally just for people who are going to watch online and you have, they have no intentions on coming to the building. Um, and so that, that online campus pastor is just like a online, is just like an in-person campus pastor, but he just deals with the online side. And so there's positives and there's negatives. So I just want to hear what you all think about that. This is the online church it has no physical body and it's solely online. And that's very big today. Again, I think like the hardest part of that is how would you expect to have community with that? And by community, I mean, you know, have friends and do life together and uh, do ministries together, like outreach and, you know, even simple things is like a barbecue together. Like, how would you do that? How would you accomplish that? Yeah. Uh, another big thing with me is if you attend virtual church 100% online, but go to your kids' sporting events and the grocery store and everywhere else that you would typically go to, but your your church is 100% online, you got a hard issue in my opinion. That is where I think the line is crossed and you need to start going back to church. Now, there are times when I think online church is okay. Um, for instance, you're heavily persecuted and you go to church and you're going to go to prison for it. I think that you could make the argument for a secret online virtual church. Or this is the big one for me that, you know, we see practically here in America that I think is okay is you're an old person and you're literally homebound. You can't get out. Guess what? Online church is great. Now here's the caveat of that. We as the church body are supposed to be going to those people and meeting with those people and building community with those people. They are a vital part of the church. And if they can't get out, we are called by God to go to them. And I think that's the issue there is it's not their fault they can't get out. It's our fault if we don't go to them. Um, I think of Miss Betty that's right down the road from church. And I wish I could say that I visited her more, but I need to go visit her. Um, she's the one that popped in my mind just now. She lives a block away from church. Um, she used to walk with her granddaughter, even though she's elderly. I don't know what her age is, and I shouldn't say it anyway online because, you know, it's, it's not nice. But Miss Betty is a shut-in. And so we should go visit her. You know, if she's a part of our online campus, praise God. But now it's our job to go reach out. So the the problem is, is like you said, they there's no sense of community, and um, I think it's a little bit better in our like in our situation. We have an online service, like when my wife goes out on maternity leave and she has the baby for the first couple of weeks online service is going to be her best friend. Mm -hmm. That is how she's going to attend church. Uh, but when she is feeling up to it and better and the baby's more um, ready to go to church, she'll attend back. She will go back. She's not going to stay here forever. Um, if you're attending church online, at least have it attached to a local body so that you can have some sense of fellowship. But if you're just attending a online church that has no local presence, then I'm going to have to say, hey, you should really find a local church. If you travel for work and things like that, wherever you're at, you can find a church. I know that's tough. I get it. And you, if you travel for work and you're all across the country and you're like, I have a local body at home and I am just attending their service online, 
I understand that, and I get that 100% completely. Because you're attached to a local body. But we are just talking solely about the people who are attending a local church. And this church is solely online. It does not have an in-person option. It is just online. Yeah. That I, I feel like there's, again, the gospel is being spread. So glory be to God. But I think that there is danger in that. So, you know, on the Altar Podcast, we always want to interpret everything through the lens of Scripture, right? And so when I think about these things, I think about going back to the Bible and looking back at some of those verses that we talked about last time. Now, Hebrews 10, for instance, gives us a little kind of um, little manifesto of what the church should be about, what we should get out of the local church, what the goals of the local church are. And so Hebrews 10, 23 again says, Let us hold fast the, the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So number one, the local church should help us hold fast our confession, right? It should help us to stay a safe person. Um, Number two, it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. So the local church should help us to, it should stir us up to love and good works. If you're 100% online, can you stir somebody up to greater love? Maybe. Can you stir somebody up to good works? I'm not sure. Now, again, if you're a shut-in, I don't believe this applies to you. But if you're going to the grocery store and you're doing all this stuff, probably does. Then from there, it says, um, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Could you be encouraged online? Yeah, you probably could. It says, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, Hebrews 10 says, no, don't neglect to meet together. Is that only talking about the preaching? Because your 100% virtual online church, from what I've seen, is pretty much preaching. Now, when we did Chi Alpha Online, we did try to make it more of a small group thing where you could talk, ask questions, do that kind of stuff. You might be able to have a a Zoom small group, right? But is it going to be the same? Now, last time we talked about James. And remember in the book of James, it talks about laying hands on people and praying for them to be healed. I cannot do that online. I cannot anoint people with oil online. I can't have virtual hands. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. The, the what is it, the metaverse? Or oh whatever. yeah, the metaverse. <laughs> I could Elon be Musk is going to be on that now. Is he really? I don't know. Oh okay. I was just joking. I thought you actually like knew something. Else. <laughs> so you have the virtual hands. The virtual, virtual hands. prayer. Yeah, that would be. I I don't know if that counts. Okay. Now now one would argue that you don't have to lay hands on somebody to pray for them to be healed. Jesus did that. You know there was the, the centurion who sent his servant to Jesus and said, hey. I know that you shouldn't come under my roof because I'm a basically I'm a Gentile to make you unclean. So would you command, you know, I have, I have people under my command. And so, you know, I command that one go and he go and another to come and he comes. And so would you um, command my servant to be healed from where you're at? And it says that Jesus was like, I haven't seen faith like this in all of the nation of Israel. So do we believe that you have to lay hands on people? No. However, James does say to call the elders of the church and anoint the person with oil. Can't really do that in so I guess that moves us into our next section here. Is the physical church necessary? And obviously our undertoning conversation through the whole first part has been obviously, yes, the uh, a physical church is necessary yep. for reasons that you just explained and the reasons we explained back again in the last episode. Yep. Um, but in that physical church, mm-hmm. how often should we attend? That's a good question. I think as much as possible, really. I yeah. mean, in today's world, you know, sometimes you might have to work on a Sunday 
if you're on some sort of weird rotating schedule or whatever. And we do need people sometimes to unfortunately work on Sunday, but, um, but yeah, I think as much as you possibly can, and I'm not saying like you should skip six Sundays in a row because it's above 80 degrees and the lake is beautiful or something and you want to go boating. Right. Talked about that last week. We did. Are you really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Um, when, when we talk about that too, are we talking about every event that the church does, game nights, things like that? I still think that you should attend as many of those as you can possible, possible. And you know, yeah. And, and the Bible does talk about how like the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching to the fellowship. And that's what we were talking about last week a little Mm -hmm. bit. The fellowship includes all the times when you're getting together, whether it's for teaching or just to get together and be a church body. Yeah. And the preaching is, is great. I mean, that's why, you know, we're going is to dive deeper into God's word, but you're not going to get a sense of community if you only stay there for like the 45 minutes or however long you are, you know, of, of preaching, depending on what denomination you are, I guess. The 25 (laughs) to hour and 25 minutes of preaching that you're going to (laughs) get. Whichever, you know, because there's some people that you see, they'll come in like at the very end of worship so that they don't have to do all the meet and greet stuff that sometimes occurs during worship and then you know five minutes before the pastor starts wrapping up when the worship team starts coming back to the um to the i I don't know stage whatever you want to call it um you know they leave so they don't have to say bye to anybody you know church is way more than that yeah it's funny we talked about that last week too a little bit just you know you the whole point of church well one of the whole points that the book of acts talks about is the fellowship and if you're doing that you can't have the fellowship because you're you're purposely taking yourself out. Well, the one thing I think the church misses out on if it's solely online is worship. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can listen to music in my car and I can have worshipful moments alone, but there is something about a corporate worship that is not just in the music, but it's also in the preaching when you're coming together and you're sitting under the Word of God and then you're praising Him with song together. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and people talk about, I've heard pastors say before that if you don't like corporate worship with other people, you're going to hate heaven. Um, ouch. Uh, yeah. If you can't say amen, say ouch, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ouch, yeah. So I was watching something on the National Geographic, and it was talking about bees. National Geographic? <laughs> yeah, I think that's where I saw that, uh, Disney+. Plus. But I was talking about something about bees, and you get inside their beehive, Right, and you they will notice that their sound waves and stuff that they make, they make these buzzing noises. Because they're buzzy. <laughs> we had such a good episode last <laughs> week. <laughs> um, no, we, but you you notice that they're all on one accord. They're all on the same in a Honda. <laughs> you do. I can. <laughs> so Lord, I apologize. <laughs> so you notice that they're but they're all in agreement. They're all kind of saying, and they're all in the same mission, pointed to the same goal. And that's what these scientists who have looked in on these bees who are grouped together um, has kind of, that's one thing that they said, hey, every beehive that we've ever studied has this same kind of thought process. Like it, it, it's it's kind of amazing. When they they don't know what they're talking about, obviously. They don't think any scientist speaks bee humming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dina, Dina might. But the church is kind of this way too. When they're all in the same building and they're all worshiping to one point, there's something about that we're all in the same wavelength. We're all, yes, in the same Honda Accord. Uh, we're on that. We're on that 
frequency of, of the Lord. And it's kind of amazing that you can't do at the house by yourself. Yeah. Well, and if you want to take that and make it a really cool analogy, when you're all working together toward the same goal, you'll make something really sweet. Like honey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh, Lord. Anyway. Okay. So, questions. (laughs) Questions. You know, we talked about the virtual church. Now, let's talk about, let's let's change gears just a little bit. I'm going to ask y'all, this is for the panel, anybody can respond. What do you love about our church? Um, the people's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy. I like everything about our church except the pastor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Is that going to be edited out? I sure hope so. Oh, uh, probably not. Sorry, Pastor Chris. Um, so, no, I'm just, I'm just going to clip that out and just send it to him. <laughs> we'll make a meme of it. Um, okay, so I, I enjoy the people in our church. I think we are great at making people feel welcome. Um, I also love that we treasure Christ above all things inside of our church. I don't think we ever do anything that is for show. Um, at least I have never experienced that inside of our church. Um, those are the two biggest points that I love. I think I think I love the kids' ministry. I mean, we are teaching our kids from a young age, like, hey, this is Christ. These are the the fundamental points that you need to know. Um, and then we teach our youth apologetics. Uh, those are things that I think is the things that I can say hit the nail on the head for me to call that my church. Yeah, I definitely think that we do love people genuinely at our church. Um, I love that I have a whole set of friends at our church. Um, one of the downsides sometimes to doing to being on the worship team is, you know, um, especially when we were playing um, at the beginning and at the end, we didn't really have a chance to really get out and talk to people in the congregation, especially the sometimes the people that are quick to to leave or income at the last minute. And so um, kind of the way that we've revamped our worship is we kind of do worship at the end now, which is really nice because then I can actually go and, and greet and talk to people. However, I also have uh, sometimes bad social anxiety, and I really want to go talk to people, but then I'm always freaked out that what I have to say, like, I don't know, that they're not going to like me or something, and I like to be a people pleaser, so. And you do a podcast. <laughs> well, well but I only have to look at people. you two, so. Oh, and well, she has to look at me all the time. But these groups of degenerates. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is probably the most that anyone's heard me talk. So that that's probably that, that could be true. That may be true. Maybe true. Um, ben, what do you look at? Um, do, what what do you love about our church in the sense of being a local body? Yeah, like Dina said, the the local church is that's where I find a large group of my friend my friends um, are, and so the the community, the fellowship, as the Bible talks about it, um, we get that in our local church. You know. Hunter, you and I, we started this podcast because we were talking on the phone all the time. And if it wasn't for church, I don't know if we would have ever made the connection, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I love the community aspect. I love our worship. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, uh, again, it, it, it's half community, but I'm a huge fan of our worship team. Um, I love being on our worship team. I think that um, they help me to be a better musician, which is cool. But I also get that sense of community there as well. And so, you know, Pretty soon we're going to have Zach on here and talk about worship some. Um, and the cool part about that is 
you know, never would have known Zach if it wasn't for Real Life Community Church. And so that's one of the things that I love. Another thing that I love so much about Real Life is I know, I know that PC struggles. P, I'm sorry, I call him PC. He's Pastor Chris, uh, PC for short. But I know that he he looks at the scriptures. He struggles through the scriptures. He prays through the scriptures. I know that he's labored over it um, a lot before it ever comes to the pulpit. Uh, I think that's huge. You know, some sometimes you find one good thing about a church or another good thing about a church, but, you know, some things lack. Um, you know, f- from what I see, we have strong biblical teaching. We have great fellowship. Um, when people come, they always talk about how we make them feel welcome, which is great. Um, I just, I feel like we have a lot of things that are right. I know sometimes I tease Pastor Chris and I make memes of sometimes the things that he says. It's only when he goes off script though. So, but, uh, it's only cause we love him. It is like, I don't make memes of other people. So, um, but I do appreciate the, the word he brings every week to us. Mm. So, how could we make our church, our local church, better? And this can be not just applying to real life, but this could apply to a generic church. How how can we help make that better? Yeah. Something that I felt kind of convicted about lately is uh, inviting people to come to church again. I used to do that, I felt like, a lot. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess probably during COVID and virtual church, it kind of started dwindling off a little bit. It's time to start doing that again and one of the things I don't do as much as I would like to um, is the evangelism side of it. Um, and I think it has to be authentic and um, it has to just kind of fit in your everyday life a little bit. And so there are times when, you know, I'll see somebody, um, you know, lately I've been seeing a lot of construction guys on the, on the job and stuff because we're building schools here in Madison County. You know, some of those guys that I'm starting to get to know, if they live around here, I should be talking about Jesus. I shouldn't be inviting them to church. I should be, you know, being like, hey, why don't we hang out? And then out of that, be like, hey, this is what I do on Sundays. You should come along. I will say within the past couple months, I've kind of been talking to some different people. And um, I'm always inviting people to church. If you know me, I probably have invited you to church at some point, probably multiple times, because that's just how I roll. Dina's really good at that. Now just invite people to listen to the podcast. It'll be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I need to add that to my repertoire. But... um, but no, so I've been talking to them, and it's amazing at how many people um, haven't been invited to church. Yep. So, because usually I get the response of, wow, nobody's invited me to church in a while or, you know, ever. So, um, it's really surprising to hear that from people. Yep. Um, I think one thing to uh, make the local church better is that we need to be uh, students of the word. Um, we need to be able to help our pastor, help our elders, help our deacons um, know and drive this bus, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and they should not be trying to herd stupid sheep. Uh, yeah, they, you, Why don't you tell us how you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> Poor sheep. Man. Well, <laughs> That's a bad joke, Ben. <laughs> I know. Oh sweet Lord! If you y'all to really, she would have really blessed last week. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, to be fair, they need you to study the Word of God. They need uh, just as much as they do. I mean, you should be in your Bible every day. We've talked about this already. Yeah. Um, and they, 
you cannot have any gripes or beefs with the local church if you do not know what the Word of God says. You can be like, oh, I don't feel like this is right. And then they'll be like, okay, why? And you're like, well, I, I just don't feel like it's right. Because I don't like it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't have any biblical reason, you just need to be quiet. But in that same sense, I think that you need to be a, a student of the Word. And you need to hone into it, dive into it, so that you can know what is right and what is wrong. Because you can really be helping a church go from a from a bad place to a good place if you just know, say, hey, this this is actually what the gospel is. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't say this about tithing. Like you won't, you know, this doesn't say this or it doesn't say that. And you could really help your church out from going astray, and that is one thing. Another thing is, I think you need to be an active worshiper. Mm. Um, and they both connect together. I think students are easily active worshipers because you understand what Christ has done for you, which makes you, in in turn, wanting to worship him because you realize what he did for you on the cross. Yeah. And so you need to, we, we've learned that worship is electric. When one person gets into it, it funnels throughout the building. So you have to be someone who's willing to worship. And that will help your local church get everybody else in the mood to worship. I think along with that, yeah, we definitely need to put a little work into it ourselves. But then to also, we're always talking, you hear churches talk about all these different life groups, right? That they need to be doing um, life together. Well, I find myself, I'm personally like, this is a conviction for me too, like to not be so busy that I can't even be friends with the people at church to invite them over just for dinner or to take them dinner, um, to go see a movie together, to go do those fun life things. Because we think of that as something maybe not so important, but to somebody else that's super important because maybe they don't have, um, any other friends with a strong Christian background that they just need to, you know, grow with you. Well, and I want to say that, about that last point I made is that you can't, as a, as a, I call them a sheep, the Bible calls a sheep, right? Uh, as a sheep, you cannot expect everything and, and, and more the moon and the stars from a local church, but you not, uh, you are not willing to put any work into it that I want the, the moon and the stars from this church, but they're not going to get anything from me in return. Mm. That is what people walk into. They have all these expectations on the local church, but they don't put any. They don't work. They don't. They don't help. They don't volunteer. But they expect everything to be done, and they expect this church to be perfect. Well, that's not a healthy relationship if you're not putting anything into it. Right. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, with with Dina, you know, if if I'm doing nothing for her, and she's doing everything for me, it's going to be great for me. But this marriage isn't going to last very long. And so, yeah, you have to, uh, you have to put in the work to to see the local church thrive. Yeah, and I think you really, and that, and that helps you connect with God. I think it's just one full circle. It's the circle of life, as the line can say. Circle <laughs> of life. I set myself you up. You walked into that one. I your set ball. myself up for that one. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, uh, but here's another thing. So I want you to comment on our Facebook page. Uh, we have over 100 people on there now, so we should be seeing some activity flow. That's my door locking so that we don't get robbed while doing the podcast. Uh but we have over 100 people on there now. We should start seeing some comments flow in from active listeners saying, hey, this is how I feel like 
the local the local church benefits me. This is how I benefit the local church. Yep. And tell us what you feel like because we did not name them all Maybe. here. There is a list and that's a hundred pages long. And yep. please be kind. <laughs> yes, no, you don't yep. have to be. It's okay. <laughs> no, just we'll kidding. just delete your comment if not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next part of practical application: What if you move or currently don't have a church home? How do you find a good church? Well, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to get on Google. <laughs> Millennial. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, I mean, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on Google, and I'm going to Google search local churches or churches near me and see what pops up. Now, I'm not going to go to, like, the first one that pops up, but I'm going to look at... <laughs> so you don't want to be number one. You want to be number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm not... And I'm not necessarily saying, like, look at the Google reviews or whatever, but I'm going to look at their actual church page, and I'm going to look at their Facebook page, and I'm going to see, are they doing, you know, fun things? Is their teaching biblical? Like, is it something that I want to be a part of? One of the advantages of the local church is I can look at the teaching of a church ahead of time before I ever go. That is really cool. And I will say, too, now, not 100% virtual online is not what I'm talking about, but with the whole I put my sermons online or whatever, the cool part about that is I can also watch like 100 different churches' sermons and get so much more out of it throughout the week. You know, if you're not listening to the Altar Podcast, which you should, um, but if you're not listening to us, you can listen to a host of sermons from a host of different pastors. And that is kind of cool. That was really cool. Uh, that was one really cool thing <clears throat> during COVID was that I could, after our church finished, I could go back and watch all of my other friends' churches, you know, for the rest of the day because I didn't have anything else to do on, <laughs> on Sunday, yep. you know. Um, I mean, we had to work online, but, you know, I could go and see what everybody else is watching and then we could all talk about it. So that was, that was kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know about you. Do you check out a church's online presence? Yes. I, I, I think I look at their mission statement and I see what they're all about. I want to know what the core of that church is about. Yep. Um, I look at, I'd like to know, um, I, I want to see their kids church on there. I want to see them promoting their kids. Mm. I want to see them promoting their teens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always big about them promoting young people. Um, not that the church is just about young people, but that I like to know that they realize that this is the future. Yeah. Um, and I like them to see the, them pouring into the future. Um, that's big for me. And I like to see what their key doctrines are mm-hmm. um, because we're both pretty decent theological people who that obviously matters. Yeah. Um, just Ben thinks he can change God's mind. Uh, <laughs> okay, we we clarified that. All right, if if his mind is set, I don't think you can change um, it. But I not, don't think he predetermines. We're not it. talking about. I this. know, we're just <laughs> but triggers. Uh, triggers. Um, so, I, that is a, a, a one of those key things for me. As I want to look at, I can disagree with you a little bit and still attend your church. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're not going to agree with everything. Um, that somebody has to say, but I, I need to agree with the key doctrines of your church. Yeah. The the vision I need to. I think it's important that the church has the vision online. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really big on looking online. I'm a big goer. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think I can. Exp- I mean, I think I can get basic knowledge online, but going is the way. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, I will say though, just to kind of finish out that point, good or bad, one of the things that COVID did to us 
and it was already kind of there. Um, but I think it really became big with the whole, you know, virtual online stuff is I really think that your online presence is much more important than it used to be. Um, that's one of the great things that real life does. I feel like is our online presence because our pastor was also a marketing guy at one point. Um, and, uh, so he does a lot of that, but you almost can't have, you know, I, I see churches that do great things, but their online presence isn't the best. And I think it, it draws people away from them and to other places because they see the, the online presence of something. And that's the one that they naturally go to. Now, I don't think that people leave a church just because you're online presence, but those new people not, won't necessarily come if your online presence isn't great. Well, and I want to see activity on their social media feed. I want to see, um, like Dina said, events that they're doing. Yeah. I want to see them uh, doing life together. Yeah. Uh, churches, it's not a, an activity group for on Sundays. <laughs> it's an everyday activity group. Yeah. Um, and this is just me, and, and not everybody is the same way as I am. I want to see where they stand some in, in, on some political stances, mm. uh, like homosexuality, which is a biblical stance too. You know what I'm saying? But mm. uh, and like the Roe v. Wade situation coming out, which is most people are putting out on their Facebook pages nowadays. Um, I want to see because that matters to me in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I want to see all that kind of unfold. And th- those are all things I take into account because I am taking my wife and my children to this church. And I want to make sure that we're like-minded and we're under a biblically sound teaching and a biblically sound theological worship. Mm. Um, not just the feel good music, but it has a sense of actually like actual biblical truth inside the worship. So there's a lot that goes into it yeah. uh, for me to be able to attend your church. So real life, you are, You've met those qualifications. <laughs> I remember one time when uh, Ben and I were kind of church shopping after we got married and moved to Berea. We visited lots of different churches, and there was one church that we walked in. We were early hunter. We Whoa. we walked in, and <laughs> yeah. we left, and we were one of the last peoples to leave the sanctuary, and no one said hi to us or even looked us in the eye. And it was a pretty decently big church. Like, nobody stopped to say hi. And so we walked out to the car and we're like, yeah, like, I don't think that this is the right fit for us. Did you ever attend again? No. No. Yeah. And then another church we went to, it was pretty good, but we were never, like, invited out to lunch with anybody. Like, we talked to a few people and we even went to their Sunday school, too. Um, and that one we kind of liked a little bit better than some of the others. And so we did go back several, like we probably was there, what, half a year or so. Mm, I don't know if we were there half a year. We were there because it was kind of on and off. Cause we didn't really feel like we belonged there either. Well, I don't, for me at least, I wouldn't say that we didn't feel like we belonged. We didn't feel like, I didn't feel like that was the place that God was telling us to yeah. go. Um, I did feel like God had kind of a, a clear, clearer picture for us. Um, but I wasn't sure about that. You know, because of the fact that we, you know, we lead Chi Alpha Campus Ministries, you know, I, we really did need to go to an Assemblies God Church for one thing. Which you didn't what? then, though, right? We didn't then. Mm-hmm. But we weren't leading Chi Alpha. Oh, that's, I guess that was your question. We weren't leading Chi Alpha. Then right. Either. So, and I think it's big, and I want you to jump back into your story in just a second, but I think it's big, and note right here for pastors, yes, theological teaching will only get you so far. Yeah. Um, and it is. I think that is the most important thing yeah. um, inside of the church, but it will only grow your church to a, one level. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of it has to be real rounded, as Ben is kind of explaining here. Yeah. Now, should your theological basis grow your church it should but 
it just not always does. And actually, really, even if you look at the uh, the example in Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, but they also devoted themselves to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. So there are other things that go into your church besides just your um, your theological teaching. Though it's so important, it's funny that the second thing is the fellowship. Well, and why do we call it communion? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, we are spending They're, time with the Lord, communing with Him. Right, and, and we're doing it with the group of believers. Yeah. So we're communing not only with God, but we're communing with the believers while thinking about Him and his, what He did for us and His sacrifice and His return. Yep. That's big. Yeah. And that's what they were, they were devoting themselves to that. Yeah. And communion and community and all these different things is, is huge. Yeah. And so theological teaching is great and it is top priority on my list. Yeah. But these things fall close second. Yep. Now, you just heard me say, we went to a church. Well, actually, you heard Dina say, both of us say, whatever. You heard Dina say that we, we went to a church and no one talked to us the entire time. So we never went back. If there is anything right now, in your church, and you're going, I want to be a part of my church, but I don't know what I could do. Or even, I don't have the capacity to volunteer for uh, like the ministries of the church because of this or that. I've got young kids, I whatever. But I try to go to church as regularly as I can. What can I do to benefit my local body? Say hi to people. Show up to church five minutes early. Now I know, little kids, it's hard to do. Show up to church five minutes early and just go around and say hi to people. Take that little cute baby that's smiling and, and wants to show you their shirt and whatever, you know, <laughs> and go talk to that the old person in the back sitting all by themselves. Go talk to the young person, the young couple that just slipped in for, you know, five minutes before church and they're just sitting there and they look like they're scared out of their mind. Go say hi to anybody. Or and, that weird college student that walks in. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's one of, uh, I mean, our college students don't necessarily feel this at our church, but I know that like one new ones that have came in is, um, that nobody, nobody wants to talk to the college students, Yeah, you know, because they're going to be gone in like two, three years or so. And yeah. this is bigger than just making people feel comfortable. This mm-hmm. is people's eternity at eternity. stake. We talked about that last week. Yep. The church is bigger than just making me feel butterflies in the pit of my stomach. We are dealing with people's eternity. Yep. And you stepping out being like, oh, I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. talking to people. Step out of your comfort zone because that is what God has called you to do. Yes. Everybody has been called to share the gospel and commune with people. Mm-hmm. This is like we talked about in the second episode of the Altered Podcast. It is not about your mission anymore. It's about God's His mission. mission. Yep. Yep. I'll tell you another thing that Ben said multiple times he's not going to cough anymore on this podcast, and I just want to bring it up to the forefront that he is. And I, he's trying to mute himself to hide it. I'm calling him I, out. I just, that was the first time, <laughs> and we're almost, I feel like we're almost done. We anyway, are almost done. I'll tell you another thing that really means a lot to us at our church. Let's say you are terrified to talk to people. What else could you do? We have a lady at our church. Now, she talks to people too, but she sends us a birthday card and an anniversary card every single year. You're sitting there, and you're going, what in the world could I do for my church? Go ask your pastor for a list of people and their birthdays and send them a birthday card. I guarantee you'll get somebody back. Mm-hmm. You can have somebody that hasn't been to your church in three four weeks, and it just ha- so happens that their birthday's coming up, and you send them a birthday card, I bet they come back. I love birthday cards. Yeah. like, And so I always look really forward to getting her uh, birthday cards. And this year we got two anniversary cards, and we it was did. so funny because we already had one. And then we got this other card in the mail from her, and I was like, 
what are we forgetting? Like, yeah. she's, getting already, you she's getting old, guys. Well, she no. even wrote in the second one, um, just in case. <laughs> I can't remember if I sent you an anniversary <laughs> card, so this is for you. Yeah, and I actually keep cards. And so um, there was like two or three years in a row we got the same anniversary card. Mm-hmm from her and so i sent it to her daughter and i was like look yeah <laughs> three years worth of anniversary cards that are all the same yep. it was fantastic it was now not to beat a dead horse to death but last thing about cards christmas time's coming it's july christmas time's coming it is christmas, christmas in july it is christmas send everybody a christmas card now well you could work whoa, on them now whoa 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 <laughs> you no. could you could <laughs> You could work on them now, though, and then mail them out November 1st. November 1st? Well, yeah, okay. The well, only reason why I say that... Uh, look, and, 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 <laughs> the only reason why I say that is because the mail takes about a week to get to someone. If they get it before Thanksgiving, cool. If you mail it out... Okay, fine. November 15th. How about that? Does that make you feel better? If I get it before Thanksgiving, I'm never coming back to that church. That's because you don't love Jesus. No, uh, listen, <laughs> we're celebrating listen, his birth. If Hunter. we talk about everybody else's birthday month, we can give Jesus two months. Because he is the leading, savior of the world. We are leading up into Christmas. People are already wanting to put out Halloween decorations yep. right now. Yep. And that's just way too early. Yep. Wow. Anyway, just from, that's a, another story. I just got another podcast. At. I got yelled at because I want to celebrate Thanksgiving, everybody. That, no, got, you yeah. can be thankful for Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> you can pre-Christmas. You can put out all of your Thanksgiving stuff and then put some Christmas lights outside your house. You can. This is all because Dina doesn't take down her Christmas tree until like June first. That is not true. I put it, took it down in March. That is way too long. <laughs> Yeah, that's really true. I think we did take it down. I think we took it down in February. Okay, I took down all the decorations off of it. So it was just a tree with lights on it. Yeah. Because, in my opinion, January and February, and sometimes a little bit in March, is just so dreary outside. Yeah. Well... Can we get this broken train back on station, please? Let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. We're very passionate about this. We love Christmas. But, back to that point. If you want to if you want to do something for the church and you can't do anything else, you're a shut-in. And you're like, what could I do for the church? Christmas cards are perfect. As long as you send them on December 1st. Whenever you send them. <laughs> the point is... You can send them to us feel, early. Right? Yeah. Anytime. Christmas cards, birthday cards, anniversary cards, thinking of you cards. If you find out somebody's sick in the church and you're a shut-in, send them a get-well card. Meal trains, man. Meal trains. Meal trains will make people feel so much more love than you'll ever realize yep we when we had uh lily we had got two weeks worth of dinners from mm. people in our church and that was so easy we was just able to spend time with the baby uh and we were exhausted as it was our first child and hey we didn't have to worry about cooking dinner for two whole weeks because people would bring them to us and then we got to commune and fellowship with people from our church for just a bit they got to see the baby before we took her to church and it was yep. really nice and then that kind of helped because nobody really bombarded us because we saw everybody for the first two weeks that's true so how do you be a part of the local church how do you how do you do ministry if you don't feel like you can volunteer to be a like in an official ministry quote unquote do all that stuff we just said and not only will you help someone be a part of a local church someplace, you could be an instrumental part in their eternity. I'd actually like to kind of share a little bitty story along with this. This is kind of like off our little thing here. So um, a few months ago, I went to 
um, this conference with my sister-in-law, and I really hadn't planned on going, but last minute she invited me to it. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of in this slump of I felt like, and it was just a spiritual attack is all it was. I can look back on that now and know that. But I just kind of felt like I was in this slump of um, I didn't matter. Um, My job in the church wasn't important. I was just kind of feeling like a Debbie Downer. Like I wasn't important. I was even telling Ben, I was like, I just don't feel like I'm a part of anything anymore. Nobody likes me. And I knew, I know, I know that that is not true, but that's just where I was at. Like, I don't know if it was depression. I don't know. Anyway, so I was feeling really bad about all of that. And I just felt like I didn't somehow belong, which was silly of me to think. But so I go to this conference there's like 2,000 people there at least this lady gets up there I think this was a Baptist conference too or something like that which is funny (laughs) I believe it was a non-denominational conference I don't know but it it leaned heavily on the Baptist side (laughs) but it definitely wasn't Pentecostal there were no flags waving or anything like that but that's another story for another time and so um anyway so we're there right we're in the very back row of this thing and i'm seeing like millions of people like i had to look at the little tv screen that was in the middle of the room to really see the person's face so she gets up there and she starts talking about how to be a sister of christ in the church and she all of a sudden just stops what she's talking about and she looks out into the crowd and she's like now i don't normally share stuff like this but she said god was talking to me last night and everybody has an important role in the church and there's someone out here right now that feels like they're not a part of the church right now but what you do is so incredibly important and then she goes on to say (laughs) she's like this person bakes and cooks a lot whoa you bake and cook a lot listen it gets even creepier so she's talking and she said people expect for your good food at all of the community events what what did she specifically say i'm not there yet (laughs) don't rush her (laughs) he always says i do that to him and here he is doing it to me anyway so she's talking about how people expect that community and she said the community around that dish is so important when you make brownies people expect those brownies to be in there with that little blue lid whoa my brownies always unless they're turning me down (laughs) you're you're peeking out the podcaster (laughs) my brownies always come in this I think it's an anchor hawking. I don't know. My aunt gave it to me when we got married. And it's not, it's an unusual dish size. But I figured out this magical formula for my brownies that if it comes in that specific little glass dish with the little blue lid on it, and it's the only one I've ever found like that, I can't find another one because I've been kind of looking for another one just in case if something ever happened to the brownie pan. It's always called the brownie pan. So you heard, ladies and gentlemen, the brownie pan is important. So tell us what, how much money your brownies went for in the church auction to 
to send our teens to youth camp. We had a food auction, and we we would auction it off because we were trying to raise money to send our kids to camp for free. How much money did this one pan of brownies go for? You want to hear what's funny? That was the Sunday after I went to this conference. Wow. But So she gets up there, and she said, the conversation that happens around that brownie pan, every time you bring those brownies, is honoring God. Because he's, it's bringing community to his people. And they expect that every time. And that's one thing that may bring someone back to church every time. Is because of that brownie pan. She said, so you better be breaking those brownies, honey. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So how much money do those brownies go for? Like, I don't know, $150? Which was a lot. So. And what was funny was, so, you know, that had all just happened. And so they weren't saying anything about my brownies. Like, Kaylin was not up there auctioning my brownies off. And I was like, why is she not auctioning my brownies off? Ben, nobody likes my brownies. Like This lady just told me yesterday or last <laughs> weekend. <laughs> prophesied about my brownies, Ben. But actually, they left my brownies to the end because everybody knew. It was a pie auction too, wasn't it? Everybody came for Dina's brownies. Yeah. So we knew, this is the, uh, the guy who helped run this pie auction, we knew that people would leave as soon as we auctioned off Dina's brownies. So we could not start off with Dina's brownies. We had to wait to the end. So I'm sitting there, yeah, in this uh, convention hall with like 2,000 people. And I look around the room because I'm like, maybe like, because most glass dishes come with a red Pyrex top. They're not blue. And so I'm looking around. I'm like, surely there's some other lady around through here who's like just, you know, astonished at this. Nope, nobody was. So I'm like, okay, so that definitely was definitely for me. And so I texted Ben later and I was like, wait till I get home and I have something to tell you. And he's like, see? She doesn't even go home and talk to Ben. She just goes straight to the kitchen and starts whooping up some brownies <laughs> right after that conference. And she's in there in the spirit whooping up some brownies. He's singing, having a great time. Wow. Yep. Well, that, and that's that's impressive, and that and that kind of hits on what we was talking about last week. Everybody in the church has a role. The pinky toe uh, is an important part of the of the body because we told you what would happen. You know, if you lost your pinky toe, all these things can happen with your body. Uh, so every individual uh, part of the church is important. Um, we've all have felt non-important in the church. You felt. Uh, we've all been quote unquote church hurt. You know, in a sense, you just don't feel appreciated. You don't you know, I don't feel like you're using me as much as you should, but then it gets to the point where you're like, uh, well, I'm thinking about myself again. <laughs> yeah. And and it, it's not about me. It's about him. Yeah. It's about him. Well, and if I could speak to church hurt too, just remember that when you are spend enough time around your family, you get mad at your family, right? When you spend enough time around anybody, those people can make you mad. Church hurt is kind of the same way. It can happen, yet you have to remember that that family is worth it. I yelled at Ben last week on the podcast. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> well, and I think it's important, too, to know that you need to work through it in mm-hmm. order to grow even stronger yeah. as a family. Well, we talked about that last week, too. Dina, you I are don't... here. You are you are right on it. <laughs> this is this is prophetic confirmation from the Lord. That's what that wow. is. So we're gonna take it, it came to me as I was getting my head jingled off on the racer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want to... Uh, Final point before we hit the last 10%. Okay. Um, 
I think it's very important. We talked about online and all this other stuff. I just think it's important to go check the church out. Go check it out for what it has. In person? In person. In person. Drive to it, Uber to it, walk to it, bike to it, cycle to it, rollerblade to it. Is that even a thing anymore? I can't rollerblade. I'm too big. Still a thing. I skate to it if you're in Alaska, whatever. I don't care what you do. But go to it, check it out, see how you like it. Sometimes they might not just have a good presence online. And you need to go there and experience it. Maybe God's leading you there to help change something. Uh, I had that conversation with somebody earlier today. Um, Maybe God is moving you there to make a change. Uh, Maybe something's going to happen there. Just pray about it. Fill it out with your gut and go see it with your eyes. And don't be afraid of those smaller churches either. I agree. (laughs) You know... (laughs) We did. We we've harped a lot on the online presence of something, but you know you could also find a church. Go talk to people and ask them, "Hey, where you go to church? You're a good buddy of mine. Is there a church you like?" Right, and I think it's really important too. If you have friends and you're a Christian, you should be talking to them about theological things and the Bible. I agree with that. Um, and so you know, if you can trust someone, you may not always have to agree with them, but if you say, "Hey, this person is very knowledgeable in the Bible, and this is where they attend church." I want to attend a church like this too. So where do you go to church? And boom, that's that's how you get started. Or you was in church as a kid and you one of your pastors moved on and you are somehow you got reconnected. That's how I started attending real life. Chris and I, uh, he was my worship pastor when I was like four years old. And that's how my mom and them uh, got back into that. So yep. a lot of weird things happen, man, for for a reason. And that's the reason I'm in ministry today is partially because of how he's helped me. So great things can happen when you just go check out the church. True that. And like Dina said, small churches are amazing. Big church, big churches have their place. I'm not one to hate on a mega church as long as they're honoring God and the things that he does. And as long as they preach uh, theological truth, there's nothing wrong with like um, – Joel Osteen, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but you know, there's nothing wrong with big churches if they're preaching truth. Yeah. There's one that I watch online that I really like. Um, it's uh, it's called Athey Creek. It's uh, based out of Oregon, surprisingly enough. Wow. And um, not only is it based out of Oregon, they keep pointing at my mic because I keep backing off of it, <laughs> and then I have to, like, push my mouth to it. Um, but, you know, I like to listen to some of their stuff online. I think the guy, you know, I may not agree with everything he says, but I really like a lot of the stuff that he that you know he talks about, and I think their church is like three, four, five thousand people, and they're always talking about their small groups and they're talking about the fun things they do. And he is one of the few pastors that I've ever seen that he expositionally preaches to like the extent that literally he he starts in Genesis chapter one, and then the next you you know what he's going to preach next because he's going to be in Genesis chapter two, and then he's going to be in just like he just steps through the entire thing. So they've been walking through the Bible for like the last like four, five, six years now, something like that. Um, but I would consider them a megachurch. And it seems like they do a lot of great things. Now, I've never been to it. I don't know for sure. Um, but it seems pretty cool. And so, yeah, go check out places and see what's going on. Last 10%. Last 10%. Dina, recap for us what you think about the episode so far, things that you want to highlight so people can stick it in their brain and carry it out with them throughout the week. Um, I would definitely say that if you are not, if you are capable of attending a church, that you should be in a church. Um, we would love to have you back. Um, 
and then to help build the community within your church, say hi to people, um, you know, just simple hi, you know, is important. Um, and then to make sure you're still reading your Bible. And um, also think that, you know, one of the things that we talked about a lot, which is very important, is look for ministry opportunities that aren't necessarily published ministry opportunities. You know, everybody thinks about the worship team and the preaching and the kids ministry. But if you're like, I can't do any of those things, what can you do? There are, there is something that you can do in a local church to benefit the church. You just may have to get creative about it. One other thing that we haven't, we've kind of talked about, but I want to make sure that we're clear on is just because a local church may make you mad. That does not mean that you should leave. Um, so many people think that, you know, we talked a little bit about last week, you know, something happens in the local church and the the problem with having a church on every corner is, oh, I can just go to the next one and it's fine. You should treat the church like a family and you don't just break up families, right? You stick with families, you work things out, you do those things for a reason. If you're one of those people that you've been to 12 local churches in the past two years, it's time to check your heart because you should not be leaving churches Unless, unless they have genuinely gone off the rails and they're, you know, ordaining um, pastors who are living in open sin. You know, we, we talk about homosexual pastors and all that kind of stuff. If you go to a church and all of a sudden they go off the rails, I understand. But if you're one of those people that just leaves because you're just mad all the time, it may not be the church that needs to change. It may be you. So, before we get to Hunter's random question, I want to ask you guys something. Well, I, I was really wanting to respond to my... Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. That's all. My thoughts aren't If important. you could have <laughs> no. an outreach or a church event of any kind, what would you have it be? And, like, Pastor Chris could not say no. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, what are you like? This is kind of like that dream question they ask teachers, like, build your dream classroom and yeah. you well, can like, have anything you want in it. What would your dream, like, doesn't matter what expenses there are, like, I, what would you want it to be? I'm going I'm going to say this, and it's not going to be uh, some non-doable thing. Hmm. Um, and he's actually in agreement on this, so I won't get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh, or I love the thought process behind an old school tent revival in a public park here in Richmond or whatever. Um, I love the thoughts about the old school um, tent revivals for that's like a week, week long and all your associate pastors and then your pastor gets to preach that. So you get to see the different variety in your church. Uh, maybe hear a, a sermon from your worship pastor or whatever. Just so you get to hear it from your different ways in your church and that it's all God glorifying. Um, and so, as long as it's theologically correct, I'm all about that. Jesus on the main line. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. Uh, Dana, what you got? What are you thinking? Well, you're, I asked you. Oh, okay. Um, mine's a little more simple. If I could do any kind of outreach, um, I think I would... I think I'd get a group of people together, and we would all do something based around a common interest. One of the things that... I've always dreamed of doing is I've always wanted to take an old car that was junk and make it good again, you know, and, and it can't just be any car. You know, you, I don't want your old Ford tempo. 
you know, like I want, you know, like the Camaro. I really do have one of those. She does, in the barn right now. People talk about barn finds. That's not the one. Um, but, you know, I'd love to take like an old Chevelle, old Nova, something like that, restored up. Old, old those Chevy C10s, you know, that everybody sees. I'd love to take one of those and, and rebuild it. And so my dream is to get about six, ten guys that love to rebuild old cars and know how to do it because I don't know a whole lot about that. And I would love to take something from nothing to something with that group of guys. And in the process, we talk about the Bible. I know that's silly, and it's not really an outreach because it's like a long-term thing, but I think that would be awesome. That's my dream. Dina? How much you want to bet has something to do with cats? Uh, Yeah, cats or squirrels or some fuzzy animal. It did not. I actually thought it would be really cool, like, if at some point you could do something called parking lot parties where you do some, like, after-church event, like smoothies, like a Hawaiian theme party with like, I don't know, like again, smoothies, but, um, (laughs) we like smoothies (laughs) (laughs) or like a coffee bar or something. And you just have people and you really focus it on just talking about the sermon and how, you know, their Christian walk is going and you just sit down with like your group or, uh, whatever. And you just, talk about Jesus and all that stuff and call it a parking lot party. And then like, I don't know, maybe have some pumping like gospel music or something. I don't know. Well, and before I got rudely interrupted or just skipped over <laughs> by Dina, the, my recap would be that the church does not need lazy sheep. Mm. Uh, so I'll, I'll rephrase my first statement. <laughs> Stupid sheep. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Uh, sheepies. But the, the, the church does not need lazy sheep. So be attentive. Um, do your part. Work in the church. If the church trash needs to be taken out. Clean it. Take it out. Clean the bathrooms. Help them out. Without ever being asked. Yeah. Oh, that'd be I awesome. mean, and that might just be the dad in me. Harp harping on that. But just... Help out the local church. Be a, a student of the word. Be a student of worship. Be an example, and all that good stuff. And so, don't be lazy sheep, but be a goat, greatest of all time. Oh no, I'm not going to be Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure Jesus separates the sheep into goats, and you won't be a sheep. But anyway, You're right? Yep, yep. I don't know. I it's, was just trying to make it, no. It's a good point, though. You're right. Scary. You know what time it has been? Hunter's, what in the world is that? Hunter's uh, random uh, question. <laughs> we we learned something the last time when you weren't here, and it's that we have this sound. Hunter's random question. One more time. Ready? Hunter's random question. That's what we got. Wow. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so normally in these random questions, I've been bouncing back and forth between biblical questions and non-biblical questions. Um, so last week was about what's your favorite kind of movie series and if you had all day, which one would you watch? Oh yeah. And Ben said Star Wars. Yes, I did. Um, so this is back open to the panel since I have more than one, uh, co-host. This one is a a theological question and I don't need a deep, deep (laughs) answer here, Ben. Then you shouldn't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe in a seven day creation? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, like, it's broken up into seven days, but we don't know, I guess, exactly if that all happened in one day. But he has the power to do so. So, but I'm going to say I'm somewhere in the middle because I don't know that days were necessarily quite established at that point. I don't know. So you're saying that you don't think necessarily that the days are the same days we have today. Correct. I think that maybe like day one's chunk was made in like that chunk. Day two's was made in a chunk. Three chunk. That's a very common thought. It was made in chunks. That's a very, very common thought. Ben? I'll answer at the end. Okay. If you had asked me this six months ago, I would have said yes, 100%. Seven days, literal, has to be, no way about it. Then I was listening to a podcast. The Altered Podcast? It wasn't the Altered Podcast, no. But the Altered Podcast is pretty cool. (laughs) But I was listening to this podcast, and this guy, he, he, he claims at least to have studied in Israel and done all this stuff, all this work with the Jewish side of the Bible, right? And so when he teaches it, he says that the Jewish people did not teach those seven days as a literal seven-day creation. He says it is actually intended because if you look at it, day one and day four kind of go together. God makes the light, and then in day four, he makes the sun and the moon, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so this guy, he says that actually there's this thing called a chiasm and it's way that it's the way it was one of the, the literary devices that Jewish people used to teach a lesson. And when you look at the creation story, he says it actually starts with ordered chaos and it ends with ordered chaos. And so he said, the way you identify a chiasm is it's almost like a bookend. You have the same thing that begins this thing and the same thing that ends this thing. What you have to do is you actually have to look right smack in the middle to see the whole point. And the whole point of the creation story, he says, based on the way the Jewish people would have taught it, which is important because it's the Old Testament. He says the whole point is actually Sabbath. The thing that you find in the middle of the story, if you look at it now, there's a whole bunch of real heady, you know, like makes my brain hurt kind of stuff in there that he explains it as. But he says, if you look right smack in the middle, it's actually about Sabbath. And the whole story has to do more with our identity than it has to do with the literal or figurative creation. And so he said, actually, what it is, is he said, the middle of the story comes when the Lord creates everything and on the seventh day he rests. And so he says that the whole point of that story is not for you to look at creation and go, this is exactly how it happened. It is rather for you to look at God and go, God is so big that he made order out of chaos. And he actually start well, he creates everything, and then he takes a rest, a Sabbath day rest. In the Jewish um, way that they see days, days even start night and then day. Because the very first thing you should do in a Jewish day is rest. You should Sabbath. Now, in our Western way of thought, we would say, no, you have to work. Because working is important. That's how you earn your living, and that's how you earn everything. In the Jewish way of thought, they would say, no, everything that you have, your entire identity is not wrapped up in what you do. It is wrapped up in God, and therefore you Sabbath first. So, I don't know, but man, that was so compelling to me that though I, though I do 
I do really lean towards literally, I think it is a seven day thing kind of deal. And I, I do kind of see it as literally that was so compelling to me that I don't know. So uh, I've actually never asked you that question before either one of you. Um, but I've told you my thought mm-hmm. on that question. And, and it's a good thought. It is. And I'm going to, it's not my thought really. It's Joe MacArthur's thought. See, I'm, I did not mention R.C. Sproul's name one time in the last two Wow, times. proud of you. I know. Uh, but so I'll go with my other reform friend. Uh, <laughs> that's John MacArthur. And um, so I, I, I don't, in a sense, know. I have a, like I have a, like a stern stance on this. Mm-hmm. But if it turns out to not be a seven day creation. If we get to heaven and or whatnot and I find out it's not a seven day creation, mm-hmm. it doesn't change anything. It doesn't. It because what would change something is if you can disprove Jesus is at the cross and his resurrection. Yes. That my faith does not handle on a seven day seventh day creation. That's true. Um but John MacArthur says, and I quote, if you don't believe in a literal seven day creation, when do you start believing the Bible? True. And I've held that because I was one who was kind of like Dina for a long time, who was like, I think it is seven days. We see the, the, you know, the night and the, and the sunrise and all this stuff. So we know that's a day, but how long to say what the days really were? Like how long of a time period? We don't know. Um, but he said that and I was like, Ooh, he said, because first off you go, well, it's not a literal seven days, so it wasn't a literal world flood, and then Jesus wasn't literally crucified, mm. and he wasn't, and he didn't literally raise from the dead. Yeah, he goes, if you can question the first chapter of the Bible, you can question every other chapter of the Bible. Yeah, and he goes, I refuse to do that, and I stand behind that one hundred percent. I refuse to question any of the Bible in that sense, because yeah. it gives me no th- reason to think that it is not anything but literal. Yeah. In that sense, but that's my my point of view. Uh, he has a sermon on YouTube, but it's it's very interesting. Mm. So, Ben, Dina, thank you for episode six. We are past the milestone of Man, five. I know. Um, so you might even heard some ads in this podcast. So uh, we don't know what they would have been. Yeah, uh, but it, no all it does is help us um, afford podcasting equipment. Yep. Um, and able to keep our editing software up to date and things like that. So thank you for sticking through with us. If you're an active listener, please cut like, comment on our Facebook page. Uh, rate us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple uh, Podcasts. Stitcher. Whatever I all mean, those are. I mean, all these platforms. Yeah. See us on Anchor. Um, but thank you all so much. Uh, ben and Dean, I love doing this with you guys. Everybody who listens, thank you so much. We could not do this without you. Yep. And uh, have a blessed week. Yep. And now for the outro. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to connect with us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.